welcome everyone to your favorite Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society podcast. I am your host, Sooth, and I'm joined by my co-host, the wonderful Kellick. Hello. Tonight, we also have Tina and Dylan joining us. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Hello. It, it, we haven't had everybody up in here. Hello. I know. I know. It's a whole party. And then on the elbow room. <laughs> We got snacks over here. We, 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 we. I could have sworn I saw somebody bring some ch- nachos over there. It's not the nachos that you brought over, right, Kelly? It's not the tuna. No, one, right? we, we it's not my nachos. nachos. Are you sure it's not the tuna ones? Quit hating I'm on a, my nachos. I'm a, I'm a, Listen, I need a few more beers before I have those nachos. <laughs> I, I could not do tuna fish nachos. They were not no. tuna fish nachos. Lo- I, okay, I, all right, all right. I, I'll admit, I. I Blame, I blame your fiance, okay? I blame him, all right? All right. That's <laughs> fair. You can do we're that. We're totally going to blame Big Red for this one. We're totally blaming Big Red for this one. You totally threw uh, me under the bus. <laughs> all right. Tonight, guys, we are not bringing you our normal content for PCPS on Wednesday nights. Tonight, we are bringing you something a little darker and a little more set in reality. Um, and I'm, it also comes with trigger warnings. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give you guys these trigger warnings before we proceed with tonight's topic. Um, It's going to be dealing with essay, murder, homicide. Okay, Um, there is also going to be um, things spoken about for people who have unalived themselves. Um, Serial killers will also be involved. Um, and it's going to be spoopy, it's going to be really dark, and it's going to involve conspiracy theories, which we normally reserve for Paranormal Umbrella, but this was just too good and too all-encompassing for us not to include it tonight in PCPS. So we invited our normal speakers for Paranormal Umbrella, Tina and Dylan, to join us for this topic tonight. Um, so if any of these topics are something that are, is a trigger for you, something that you cannot just sit and listen to, um, then by all means, skip this podcast. This is not the podcast for we, you. We have something juicy for y'all on Friday. So if we y'all need to skip this one, go ahead. By all means, it's completely fine. And we'll understand. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right. We will catch you on the next one. Now, the topic for tonight is the elevator game. And um, if you're not familiar with the elevator game, we're going to get you very familiar with it tonight. But it also includes open murder cases. Um, We are not including these murder cases to trigger anyone or to be disrespectful in any way. And we are not asking you to be web super sleuths. We are not asking you to participate in any of these challenges. We are just doing this to inform you that it is what sparked the controversy that led to the elevator game. Um, So we're going to start with what is considered to be or could be a personal experience with the elevator game from a post on Reddit uh, called the elevator game. And um, this is from someone who has supposedly played this game themselves and is recounting their personal experience.
we're ready to start now. Well, yeah. Duh, okay. yelling. I didn't know if there's For another the <laughs> What kind of other... <laughs> what kind professional. We're professional here. Right? We're going... You know the what? Ball we're was gonna, tossed. It was tossed. More the intro. It was tossed to you. It was... I mean... Did you want to be getting ready for the ball? Like, we tossed yeah. it and... You fumbled the ball on that one, my guy. Gosh. I'm going to need you to have situational awareness tonight. Professionals, you know. I just so thought there would be a little bit more, you know, like, here's the intro. <laughs> what? You want me to go ahead and be spoopy about it? I can play it. Look, if I, I had, a, if I had, a, you know, access to the media <laughs> board. It's sweet, sweet Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dylan. Oh, sweet summer child. <laughs> yes. He's, he is. He is Ooh. doing his best. It's okay. Poor little Tink Tink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta call him that from that one. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Okay, Dylan. Let's uh, let's right. try this again. Okay, um, I'm gonna. This is part two of doing take the introduction two. for this. Take okay, take two. You gotta keep got the little. In there now because I got a little That's clipboard great. here, you know. Take two for uh, the reading of the the personal experience from the, the No Sleep Reddit, the Elevator Game Part One from Cryptid Adventures. I played a dangerous game. I didn't believe that the elevator game would impact me so much. But here I am. And I brought something back. But I need to start at the beginning. I found out about the elevator game here on Reddit. If you don't know, look it up. I love urban horror tales, but never really believed in them. I grew up saying Bloody Mary three times in the mirror. Nothing happened. No trace of Bigfoot when I went out with a group of my friends in high school to look for it. No ghosts haunted my life. Maybe I'm sort of an adrenaline junkie, and that's why I keep playing these interacting with supernatural games, but this game it isn't just a quick scare. It's all too real. I knew exactly the place to play the elevator game in my small town. Nothing's really over ten stories except for this extravagant hotel that graces the historic downtown. Tricky, because guests could use the hotel at any hour of the night but also my only option. I'd have to do this at night. I dressed in my Sunday best <clears throat> in order to blend in with the hotel and you know, get past reception. It's summertime, so people came in from all over the world to drink the local wine, and the wineries are open late. Figured I could blend in well enough. Going, up to a going to the little conventions hosted by charities in the ballroom, I knew that there were the main elevators in the front lobby and some smaller elevators tucked away behind the reception. Those would be my target. I shambled through the front doors at 3 a.m. and wore my best plastered but happy look, winking at the receptionist as I walked by her desk. She barely looked up. Palms were sweating, ready for that rush of what-if that accompanies playing these games. I got into the small elevator and started pressing the buttons. To my surprise, nobody interrupted me. I yo-yoed between the floors, barely refer barely referencing my cheat sheet as I, just in case I forgot anything. I pressed the fifth floor button, adrenaline starting to build up as I neared the end of the game with something happened. A woman entered the elevator with me. Her skin had a gray color to it. 
but her hair was cropped short, dark black. She wore a gray dress and carried a large black bag in the crook of her elbow. I didn't look at her. Through my peripherals, I could see she was looking at me. Was it, was it my imagination, or was her smile wider than normal? Teeth seemed off. I didn't dare check. Hello, darling, she drawled as she positioned herself next to me and faced the doors. She could very well just be one of the rich white, rich wine tourists just on her way up to her room after drinking. But I was afraid. She didn't stop looking at me. I pressed the first floor button. The elevator began to rise to the tenth. This was real. This was real. Sweat dripped down my temples, and I stared at the crack in the doors, willing the elevator to climb faster so I could leave. What kind of creature was she? Would she take me for her own? My heart raced. When the doors finally slid open on the tenth floor, I bolted out of there as fast as I could. I could hear her behind me. Where are you going? I was out of space to go, the tenth floor being small. It was just a small hallway for, you know, a couple of the more expensive rooms. I braced my shoulders and didn't look back until I heard the doors close again, relief fetching at every pore in my face, I'm sure. I willed my heart rate to slow down, trying to accept what happened. The elevator game worked. Everything went as the game said it would. And now I'm on the top floor of a hotel in another dimension. Looking around, everything was bathed in a red glow. The lights were off. I could barely see. There was one small window against the far north wall, and that was all the light. There was a light emanating from it. I went to this window, you know, expecting to see the cross in the sky, but saw nothing but red. I didn't know where the horizon was, or even if there was land on, to step on below me. Might as well have been looking at a sheet of red paper plastered over the window for all I knew. I tried to open the window, but it wouldn't budge whether this was because it was just an old hotel or the effect of this new dimension. I don't know. I tried all the door handles just in case one of them would open. No such luck. I couldn't land one of these swanky rooms if I was the only person in existence. Of course. Realizing there's no point in just standing around, I looked for the staircase. There was no way I was going to take that elevator again. I still had to take it to get home, but I'd burn that bridge when I got to it. The stairs were pitch black. I read that electronics sometimes work and sometimes don't in this dimension, so I prayed I was one of the lucky ones that fumbled for my phone. Fortunately, it was still on. But no service. Can't say I was surprised. I turned on the flashlight and started making my way down the stairs. I passed by most of the floors after confirming the ninth and 8th floor that they were just hallways filled with locked rooms. In a video game, I might have checked every single door, but in real life, you have a tendency to get spooked a little bit more easily. I made it to the lobby and found it was much easier to see than all the other floors. The floor-to-ceiling window floor windows led in the same red light as before, but enough that I didn't need my phone to see. No one was down here, not even the receptionist. I felt so alone. I walked to one of the southern windows and crouched down. If I looked closely, I could see that there was, in fact, a ground, but it was the same shade of red with barely any variation. Concrete? Still sand, maybe? In the distance, I could see a faint gleam of something that um, must have been the horizon. 
But other than that, everything was just red. Red? Red as far as the eye could see. I turned back to the lobby and made my way to the empty desk. The computer was off, so I tried my luck turning it on. Nothing happened. It made sense, but figured it was still worth a try. I tried opening the drawers, and they slid out after a bit of tugging. It's like they've been closed for so long that they just kind of settled into their space. The bottom was empty. The middle one had a little bit of that red sand. I picked it up and rubbed it between my fingers, and it felt like beach sand. I moved the top drawer. It was a bit more stuck than the others, and inside it was a notebook. I picked up the notebook and turned it around in my hands. The red glow from the windows was, couldn't really illuminate the black cover. I started to open it, but got a strange feeling in the pit of my stomach. I realized I should probably leave. I didn't want to leave the notebook behind, so tucked it in my inner pocket of my jacket. Made my way back to the elevator, dreading seeing that woman again. I wasn't even sure if she would show up on my return trip. I got in the elevator and started pressing the buttons. I referencing my cheat sheet for every single one. I'm not getting trapped in this dimension. Everything was going well. The elevator having no trouble taking me to the floors. But then I got to the tenth. The woman entered. I looked down between my feet and the floor buttons. She didn't say anything, but I could tell she wasn't smiling. Her hair was messed up compared to earlier. Was it moving? It almost looked like it was moving in a slight breeze, but it would be impossible in this cramped space. She stood there, her entire body facing me, hair moving in an, in an invisible breeze, as if to dare me to look. I just pressed the button for the tenth floor and silently prayed to make it out alive. The doors opened on the fifth. I pressed for the first, and the elevator began to rise to the tenth again. As I made to press another button to halt the ascent to the tenth floor, she screamed, and I looked at her. Her mouth was a single black void, and her scream was the pain of a thousand sinners in hell. The elevator shook with the force of her. I scrambled against the wall and held onto the railing as my knees betrayed me and buckled. I wet myself. It took almost too long for me to realize the elevator was still ascending, and I barely pressed the button on the ninth floor in time. The doors opened almost immediately, and I ran out of there faster than I knew how, and I didn't stop until I reached the end of that long hallway. I looked back, and the, the doors were closed. Now I'm home. I showered immediately, trying to get the feeling of that experience off of me. I could swear that red sand was in every nook and cranny of my body. It took forever to finally just feel clean. I think I made it, made it back to the real world. The woman entered on the wrong floor, but... Nothing else seems off to me, except for the, my sense of self. Journalized soul is sitting next to my laptop as I type this. It's not black, it turns out. It's brown. I'm almost afraid to open it. Afraid of what it contains. Afraid if it's blank and I took it for nothing. I'll open it soon. I hope there's anything worth sharing. If so, I'll transcribe it and share it. I don't know if I'll ever be ready. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Now, should I go into go ahead and go right into part two? Let's do part two and see where it takes us. All right. 
Okay, guys, I finally psyched myself up to read the notebook. I wish I hadn't, but I shouldn't keep this to myself. I'm going to transcribe as much as I can before I leave for work. The Notebook Day 1 I have successfully entered the red dimension. The woman on the elevator gave me no trouble and asked and acted as I remembered her. She looked exactly the same. She wasn't bothered at all by my large backpack. I have enough supplies for 15 days, and I hope it'll be enough. If not, I can always go back to the real world and try again. I'm currently camped in the sand. There weren't many any better places to lie down or to lay down my tent, so I'm very glad I brought such long stakes. The sand here is so fine and dry. From inside the building, you can't see how it eddies in a non-existent wind. The red flashes little bits of gold as it dances. The gleam in the distance is still far away. I walked until my body told me it was nighttime, though the sky never changed. All is this unending red. I dug a solar still to filter my urine. I hope it works. Day 2, morning. The solar still worked. I have a little more water to add to my pack, which will make the trek much easier knowing that I can get more. Time to get going. I have nothing better to do. Sleep was very difficult with my tent lit up red all night. This place won't let me forget where I am. Evening. I'm getting a little closer to the light. I think it's a building. It looks square. I should reach it by tomorrow. The walk was just a straight line. I can't see the building I came from anymore, but my footsteps are still visible. The sand doesn't move enough to cover them. Any animal tracking me could track me easily, but it seems like I'm still alone out here. There has to be more to this place than a forgotten dimension. How does it even work? Why does it exist? I wish Ellis was here. Day 3. Morning. Nothing new to report. Evening. I made it to the building. It's a large rectangular shaped facility and I can't see any windows from where I am. I'm completely exposed to it. No one has entered or left since I got close enough to see what it is. There's a large set of doors in the middle of one of the long walls. I think I'll go to it after I sleep. I'm not sure how many days I've been here, how many hours I've walked. I wish I brought a watch. I'll keep track of the days from when I still when I sleep still, but it's not much use. Day four. Morning. I decided to leave my stuff out here. It's a large set of bulky materials. I'm entering what I think is safe to assume as an empty building, and I haven't seen a soul for days. I don't think bandits are going to show up now. Just in case, my food is wrapped tightly in plastic in the middle of my pack so no alternate dimension bears somehow start existing and get into it. Old habits, I guess. I'm going to the building. I'm bringing this notebook with me, some water, and some packets of food in my back pocket. Time to solve this mystery. Evening. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. I never should have entered. I never should have come here. That building is an abomination. I entered the front doors and was surprised to find that the lights worked. It smelled and looked like a hospital. I couldn't hear anyone talking or walking around, so I just went to it and started exploring. After five or so minutes, I heard a PA system, but all it played was static. 
I nearly shit myself. This static would play over the PA system every 10 or so minutes, so I figured it must be automated. The first hallway I went down was full of empty hospital rooms. I checked each one and went through a couple drawers here and there, but everything was empty save for the sparse furniture and very old hospital beds. They looked rusty. There was no worded signs pointing anywhere, but symbols littered the walls with arrows going every direction. I didn't recognize the symbols, but felt a thrum of energy if I looked at them too long. Something tugged at the back of my mind, but I couldn't figure out what. After two hallways of the same, I almost gave up to head back to my stuff when I saw a symbol I didn't recognize from the rest of the walls. I followed the arrows for that symbol and came across what looked like a conference room with a large mirror covering one wall. All the chairs sat, face, sat facing this mirror and little coffee tables were scattered between them. I found a piece of paper on one of the coffee tables and discovered it had the same symbols as the walls. I don't know why I kept it. I walked over to the mirror and looked at myself in it. I had definitely seen better days. My hair was messy and obviously unwashed. My skin was greasy and smeared with red, I assume from finer grains of sand making their way onto me. My clothes were really starting to smell bad, and the stains under my arms were a visual warning to that fact. I noticed a light switch to the right of the mirror, away from the one at the door that I assumed controlled the lights in the room. I flipped it. The mirror disappeared. Behind the pane of glass that the mirror was, or there was a man, he laid on a hospital bed that was tilted up so he could face the glass, but his head. His head was drilled, dozens of holes the size of a dime. I couldn't see any blood around the holes, but coming from them were dozens of tendrils of some type of grayish fungus. They met in a mass above his head that I could see was being held up by, a large, by large chains. This mass almost looked like a brain with all the wrinkles and swirls. I saw the man breathe. His naked stomach stretched the wounds inflicted on it. They were fresh enough to still, be bur to still burn bright red, the same color as the sand. I could see some of that sand around him in that room. I looked to his face and found his eyes staring unseeing at a spot above the glass. I threw up. I'm a coward. I ran out of that building as fast as I could. The static over the PA was playing again, and it seemed louder than it had before. I heard a bang behind me in one of the hallway offshoots, but I didn't turn to look. I went to where I left my pack and discovered it shredded. My tent, my food, my water. It was all gone. The red sand soaked up all the liquid and turned black from it, buried it. I kept running. I followed my footsteps back to the building I came from. I have to get there. I have to leave. I'm too tired to keep going now. I'm going to rest and pray I don't get attacked in the night. What have I done? Day five. Morning. I can't find my tracks anymore. Evening. I tried as best I could. I guessed at where I came from and just went for it. There was no point along the horizon for me to focus on, and every time I looked back at my footsteps, my tracks seemed to go all over the place. Ellis, what if I don't get to see you? What if this place keeps me from you? Day six. 
I don't know. 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 I feel like I'm losing myself to this place. There's no sign of my building and my rationing isn't, isn't going to last forever. I'm starving. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ellis, what do I do? I don't, I don't, how do I get home? I thought I, I thought I didn't, I didn't mean this isn't what I wanted. Day seven. I'm a part of this world now. My consciousness is turning into the sand around me. Will I be the gold that blesses this barren landscape or the red that damns it? Ellis was my gold, is my gold. Is a name even important anymore? Does it matter? I screamed for Ellis into the ground, into the gold. Is anyone there? Nobody answered. That's the end of the notebook. That took more out of me than I thought it would. There are some more papers in here, but I'm afraid if I share too much, then something will find me. Am I marked from that place? Is there no escape? I used some of the un- some of the identifying information in the notebook to do some internet research. I found a memorial post on Facebook that I think is relevant. I took out names for the sake of respect. Hey everyone, Redacted has been gone for some time now. When we first found this note that was left behind, we didn't know what to make of it. It seemed like just a story, but there's some truth to it too. I think the best way to honor Redacted is to share this final story for you all. Ellis and I were adventurers at heart, traveled the world in our books, but never got a chance to in real life. When Ellis passed, I was beyond heartbroken. We always planned to have children together when the time was right, and now it was too late and I was alone. The only real adventure I went on was when I was still a university student. Ellis was the only person I ever told this story to, and we planned to continue the adventure together, but we never did. When I was still a junior, I learned of this game called the Elevator Game from a party. It was October, and people were sharing their best horror stories, and apparently one of the partygoers actually experienced their story by following some sequence of buttons in an elevator. Curious. I got the sequence from him and tried it myself a couple weeks later. I found a strange new world in what I can only describe as another dimension. I was the only person there save for a woman who rode the elevator with me for one floor. She didn't bother me. Everything was bathed in red light from the windows that showed nothing but red, red, red. I was amazed. In the distance, I saw a gleam of of white that called to me, ached for me to discover its secrets. It seemed much too far away for me to reach it without supplies, so I left the dimension and vowed to someday return. Once I got back to the real world, I was too afraid to return. What if something had gone wrong and I had gotten stuck? What if I died? What if that woman was a monster? These fears kept me from returning. When I met Ellis my senior year, I knew I found my soulmate. Our years together are something I would never trade, and I would do everything in my life over again, so long as it meant I got to be with E for a short part of it. When I told Ellis about the other world I traveled to, we decided to visit together one day. But 
always had some reason not to, or I always had some reason not to. Now it's too late to go together. I'm going to explore it for Ellis. If I'm gone for a while, that's where I am. If I don't come back, I always loved you all. Ooh. End of part three or part two. I, I didn't even say part three yet. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and for that, we're done. <laughs> and with that, that concludes our reading. Cue the music. I get theme music. I, I get big Last of Us vibes from that one. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. Okay, so now we're moving on to the final part, part three. And Tina's going to read this part for us. Hi. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, let's get this. Let's get all the jitters out. Okay, okay. Well, I got fired. Everything around me is going wrong. And to top it all off, I think I might be losing it. <laughs> I was playing a lot of hooky from work, so it's not a surprise. For the past week, I've been hauled up in my home obsessing over that notebook. There's a lot of weird stuff in it. Uh, a Reddit user, user named by uh, go by the name of Puddle Gummy figured out that the strange symbols are a cipher. And one of the notes in it says, it's not my building. It has to work. Stay away. Stay away. Please stay away. Leave. Leave. Save me. But why would the author start speaking in a cipher? It's the same symbols on a loose leaf of paper that I found. I'm going to link it here. How did, how did they learn that? And why would these, why wouldn't they start, why wouldn't they continue using English? I would keep seeing the symbols throughout my life, throughout the day, from the cipher, which I know sounds weird, and I can't really explain it. Sometimes I would be reading something in English and suddenly I would start to see those symbols mixed in with English letters. I have no idea why that's happening. Weird things keep happening around my house too. I would go into the kitchen and the oven or even the burners will be on even though I swear I didn't leave them running. I've always been paranoid and always uh, kept my doors locked. At all times. I even have a device that goes over the deadbolt that prevents it from moving, even if I have a key. But when I walk past it, the door will be unlocked. When I remember to take a shower, the door, the tub would be full of cold water. I know this sounds like I'm crazy, I'm probably losing my mind, or maybe I just not get enough sleep, but these are things that I would not forget about doing. My boss finally had enough of me calling in sick and said if I didn't come in for my weekend shift, then I would be let go. I work at a pizza chain as a delivery person and the shift that I had to make up for was on Saturday. I was worried about not being able to read addresses or even getting the uh, street names mixed up. And truth be told, I was afraid about being out in the open after spending so much time inside and afraid. But what do I do if I lose my job? It's not like I have a choice. Do you see how much these eggs are now? Upon arriving at the pizza joint, I could tell my absence was noted. A lot of my coworkers weren't happy with how, I, how long I've been gone 
because that also meant that they had to cover my shifts. And I understand why they were mad. I hadn't been around people for so long that I was also having trouble adjusting to their presence. At first, every time someone was behind me, my skin would get goosebumps and my adrenaline would start pumping because I was so sure that it was a woman from the elevator standing so close to me. But when I would turn around, it was just one of my coworkers. I figured that I was just on edge after being alone for so long. And so I just focused on my job. The first couple of deliveries seemed to go okay, though. And with that sense of normalcy, I started to feel a little bit better. After a while, I even started cracking jokes with some of the cooks over my long absence. I started thinking that even the strange things that was happening in my home was because I was on edge for so long. The symbols weren't showing up when I was reading the addresses or even the orders. So I was getting pretty better. I was pretty proud of myself too. That was until a woman came in and placed the order while I was waiting for a delivery order to finish cooking. She had cropped black hair, wore a gray dress suit, and carried a black purse. And she had this unhealthy gray sheen on her skin. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I didn't know what to do. She didn't look at me as she went to the counter and made her order. I couldn't hear exactly what she was saying over the den of the kitchen. Then she walked over to one of the booths and sat facing the counter. She could see me from where she was, but she didn't look over to me. She just scanned the dining area, looked at the posters on the walls, and the muted newscast that was on the TV screens. I was visibly shaken by the time that the cook handed me the pieces I was waiting for. I didn't look down as I cut them, not wanting to tear my eyes away from the woman, and I'm pretty sure I did a bad, really bad job with the slices. She still didn't look at me as I was making my way to my car. Making my way downtown. Okay, I'll stop. While I was driving, I tried to calm myself down. It's not like she looked especially weird. She looked normal. She could very well just have been a regular person just getting a pizza on a Saturday night. I turned on my blinker to change lanes on a particularly dark street when I checked my mirrors and I saw someone with black hair sitting in my back seat. I yelled in surprise and jerked my steering wheel to the side, going off the road and onto the sidewalk. A car that was behind me honked their horn at me as they went by, and I heard someone yell out their window, damn drunk. I just stayed on that sidewalk and focused on my rapid breathing, my heart racing like it was trying to leave my chest. I knew I had to look in the back seat to see if I really saw someone, but I was petrified. Every second that I sat still was another second that someone I saw could have killed me, but it made it seem too real if I turned around and looked. It took every ounce of my courage to make my body turn, and when I did, no one was there. I backed my car out of the sidewalk and went directly home after that. I didn't care about the pizzas. I didn't care about nothing. I left them in the car as I bolted from my front door and locked myself inside. 
My boss started spamming my phone. They called me over and over again, and I didn't answer, probably wondering why I didn't deliver the pieces. He called a bunch of times, and I let them all go to voicemail. This morning, he finally texted me just two words, you're fired. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm a mess, and I'm I'm jobless now. I don't think I can stay here. I don't want to be found by that woman, and I'm pretty sure she's tracking me. I need to find another place to hide, and soon. Dun, dun, dun! Well, your mistake was looking at her. Right, you don't look. That was the issue right there. (laughs) Just don't look at women, it'll be fine. I I know I was trying to be serious and everything, but as soon as I said I was making my way to the car, I was like, making my way downtown. (laughs) That pops into my head anytime I see or like think that line. I always think of that song. Yeah, that was great. Okay, so um, before we proceed, I am going to give yet another trigger warning. Um, Like I said before, before we started the readings in the podcast, this is going to be different. This is not going to be our normal PCPS Wednesday night content. Um, There is murder. There are instances of someone being unalived at their own hand. there is child murder okay so if this is something that you cannot handle something that is a trigger for you um please back out gracefully from mental health first exactly mental health comes first um you never know what someone is going through and sometimes these podcasts can go pretty dark and we don't want to hurt anyone or offend anyone by delivering these facts and these conspiracy theories. So with that being said, I'm going to give you a moment so that you can go ahead and close out and go about your day and enjoy yourself. And don't forget to come back and see us on Friday night. You got a few seconds. You better go hit a run. I know you still need You've been warned. You think I can't? Let me me grab this mic. I know you're still there. I can hear you breathing. (laughs) See? See? Mm -hmm. Back out. Back out. Back out. And if you don't, I'm going to come out your closet. Don't say that. I'm getting wordy. All right. Okay. So with going with the creepypasta, you know, the, the no sleep that we just read, um, and talking about buildings and the elevator game. Um, if you don't know what the elevator game, we're going to have Kellick here explain it to you real quick. Okay. Basically it is a sequence of numbers. Uh, you have to have at least a 10, 10 story building to do it in. Now, before I actually get into this, should should I actually say what the the floor levels are or no? No, that's fine. Go ahead and say it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. We're not advocating for you to play this game. We are not don't. advocating for you, you to play any game. challenges. You better not do this game. Don't do it. Because I mean, if you're gonna do it, that you it's your life. Mm-hmm. It's I'm your like, life. I might well say that. Don't you do it. Play Resident <laughs> Evil or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it. Yeah, 
do what you're going to do. Okay. I mean, it's your life. I can't tell you what to do with it. You know, we so, didn't tell I mean, you to. We're not going to, exactly. what we're saying is we can't be C-Y-A. held liable for the dumb crap that you decide to do with your life. Okay. We're just saying that right now. And so, the exhibit E in the court case. And if that's you right. tried to get us and say that we did do something, I'm going to look at you and be like, didn't I say not to do it? We told you several times, what several I different people you. all at once. <laughs> you could have gotten a tic tac toe. Yep. So I'm just saying. So here we so, go. Go ahead. Basically, just so that I don't have to go into the whole thing of, you know, which floors, uh, the buttons that you, or the floors that you go to, four, two, six, two, ten, five, one. You got that? All right, let's move on. Now, basically, you enter the first, you have to enter on the first floor, basically ground level. And then from there, you start the sequence. You have to be in the elevator alone. You have to do this alone. Doesn't matter what time of day or night or whatever, but you have to be alone. And the building has to obviously be more than 10 floors or at least 10. So you start with the first four and then you go to two and then six, then two. uh, And then you hit 10 and then five. Now, five is where things get weird because they say that someone will try to enter the elevator at level five or at, you know, floor five. If they do, don't look at them. Don't talk to them. Don't interact with them. Ignore their existence because, um, yeah, they are not quite human. But it's negative. That's don't big engage. Negative. <laughs> do not engage ghost rider do not engage um yeah so you really don't want to engage with this person but now if you notice the the last floor that you're supposed to press is one back to the ground floor but this is where things go awry because it doesn't well if you did it right it doesn't actually take you to the ground floor it takes you to the 10th floor So you ascend rather than descend. And you basically have until the ninth floor to get your ass off of the elevator if you change your mind. Because after the ninth floor, you're in it. Like, it. that's it. And then, um, yeah, once you arrive, you're on the tenth floor. And they say that the lights are generally always off uh, and dark. And a red glow comes from outside. Now, some people have reported uh, there being a glowing cross that they see out in the distance. Other people have just simply reported endless sand, like a desert. But it's always got that dark nighttime look to it, and it's the red glow. Now, some people have even gone so far as to say that yes, I have been there and I left proof. If you go and you try it yourself, go to this hotel and do it there. Leave the hotel, go to follow these instructions and wedged into one of the bricks, you'll see a flash drive. This is my proof that I was here. If you find that flash drive, congratulations. So now, the, That's just how you get a virus. Right? <laughs> now, the on the other hand, to get out, 
of this world, you go back and you go three, one, five, one, nine, four, and then zero or ground level. Um, the creepy lady or person. Uh, some t- I have heard that there is sometimes a man that enters, but it's usually a woman. Um, she will enter just like she did going up. And once again, ignore, ignore, ignore. Get to the f- ground floor and get your butt out. Don't look back. Don't say anything. Do not engage. Leave. But before the elevator doors close, make sure that you are, in fact, in the real world. And that's pretty much it. So there's the elevator game for you. If you don't want to get caught in a alternate dimension that's really spooky, don't do it. Do not. I don't want do to it. go in the red door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of hotels and the elevator game, this is where it gets real this is, weird. Yeah, it gets extremely this is where weird. Where our trigger warning comes in. Exactly. Um, it goes in, and and during all of our our research, this is what we came to. And I'm going to briefly touch on a homicide case, or uh, I'm going to say accidental death case is still open. Um, and we're just going to talk about it briefly out of respect for the family. Okay. The elevator game and our research led us to the case of Elisa Lamb. Um, and the reason why is because there was speculation that she was playing the elevator game at the time of her disappearance, um, <clears throat> which led us to the hotel that she was staying at. And the hotel that she was, that she disappeared at and then was later found. Um, is the Cecil Hotel. Um, now, if you're a avid true crime listener or documentary watcher or um, paranormal, you know what the Cecil Hotel is, you know who Elisa Lamb is, and you know that she disappeared back in 2013 and that six weeks later she was found. Um, she was found in one of the most unlikely of places and it was debated to the point that the parents um, of the unfortunate uh, Miss Lamb uh, were done. They didn't want anyone else discussing it. They didn't want any more docuseries made of it. They didn't want, I mean, nothing. Because it. they believed that it was blown out of proportion and that it was basically scandalized into um, where the, as they I'm going to say the article put it, that it was sensationalized through the paranormal because of the elevator game. And there is a video of her um, on the day that she disappeared that lends speculation to that. Okay. Um, If you want to watch it, it's fine. It's on YouTube. It's really, 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 really creepy. It gives me chicken skin every time I watch it. Um, Yeah, it's... It's extremely creepy. So we're going to move on. Yeah. We're going to move on from Miss Lamb um, out of respect for her and her family. And we're going to go into the Cecil Hotel. Now, the great thing about the Cecil Hotel is it's gorgeous. And it is now, since 2019, in Los Angeles, California, considered a landmark and is legally protected. 
Um, it's in its renovation period of 2019, and they were expecting it to be reopened in 2021. But because of the pandemic, it was put on hold during those renovations. So I'm not sure if they've reopened yet or not. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. A fresh coat of paint. I don't think is going <laughs> to wash this place clean. I, it needs an exorcism. This place you is got not demons clean. Just paint over the walls. It'll be fine. Paint <laughs> over the exoplasm. Just... Right? <laughs> Man, don't even build on the land. Just tear it so, all down. Speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of don't build on the land, people have investigated the land and the property that it, that this hotel was constructed on and there's no graveyards, there's it's not first nation peoples. Um there is nothing spooky connected to this piece of property except for the fact that there are ley lines that intersect all around said property. And if you know anything about ley lines, then you know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? If you don't, please look up ley lines and what they do and, and what the belief is if, of ley lines. Anyway, so it's really it's really creepy. It's a really creepy hotel. And there are so many spooky facts about it. And it was originally constructed in um, 1927. And there has been nothing but death and mayhem and murder and mystery and spooky things happening there ever since. It's insane. I have I've heard of properties, even insane asylums that have not actually because these insane asylums have been shut down. Okay, so they're no they're no longer in production of anything, but they do have like spooky accounts, and you can go and, and ghost hunt them and all of that stuff. But this property is still in use. People still go there. They are still renting See, rooms. That, that's <laughs> what gets me. Like all this, that makes no sense to me at all. <laughs> All this if it's still open? horrible it still stuff is. that's happened, and it's still like I don't know, man. I, I, I just—I <laughs> googled if it's still open, and it's not open to guests, so it's no longer acting as a hotel. It is now a permanent uh, supportive housing place. We'll see, but it's still there's still live people still there. being yeah. used. It's not still a hotel anymore. There's still people involved. I I know that there's like people just like. They like the thrill, and like there's some people who are like, <clears throat> hopefully I can find something that the police and investigators didn't find, and then we can finally put this all to rest and everything. But then there's people that's just like, <sighs> well, I know all these people are, are you know, were the M word, and you know, <laughs> you know, cut and all that stuff. And I know there's an open case on somebody, but. <laughs> Who am I? It's not going to happen to me. Let me just skedaddle my tail in here. Huh? They were later <laughs> found dead. Your ass somewhere else? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it obsessed me. <laughs> well, if you were wondering, it's a two-star. I'm sorry, what? I wasn't... It's a two-star hotel. It's a two-star hotel. Two stars. I'm not even one star. High roller place right there. Yeah, I'm going to have to back it up. It wasn't 1927. It was 1924 when okay. it when it started as the CISO Hotel. So it had positive moments, okay? And, and it during the early days of Hollywood film industry and in the 1940s, the hotel actually did really good. Um, but then it kind of took a turn for the worst. Um, and ended up being in one of the most rough neighborhoods of Los Angeles, the one of the most dangerous areas known as Skid Row. Um, and then 
it started to attract because it was in one of the rough neighborhoods. And plus, you know, the rates were pretty good. It was pretty low. You started to collect, you start to collect certain interesting clientele. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like um, drug dealers, squatters, sex workers, you know, things like that. And by no means are we shaming the adult industry at all. Okay. Um, It's just the types of people that would be there that would the clientele yeah it's just the clientele okay until about uh january of 1927 it was just kind of the run-of-the-mill skid row hotels okay it was the seedy part of los angeles and then they had their first tragedy in january of 1927 now it's the first incident according to this it's the first incident of tragedy with percy Armand Cook and Cook had been in some kind of dispute with his wife and his child and they did not reconcile and because of that he unalived himself um, in his hotel room and later died from his injuries okay now that's the first one recorded the first tragedy that kind of just I feel like that's the one that imploded you know that kind of unlocked a door like opened some kind of bad you know juju how. portal right like <laughs> unintentional sacrifice you know what i mean right yeah it's absolutely so, uh, well but not i don't and then they just <laughs> kept feeding it they kept yeah. giving it more and more and it was unintentional Right. Well, it's not like somebody was just like, okay, I'm going to turn. There's, I sense a bad presence here. So I'm going to unlock its abilities. It just, it just kind of happened. It became like this beacon, you know? So following negative energy. Right. So following Cook's tragic death in 1927. Okay. Things at the hotel were quiet for a little while, but then they picked up rather quickly again in November of 1931. And there was a man using the pseudonym James Willis, and he checked into the Cecil. He claimed to be from Chicago, but in reality, he was a local from the L.A. area. And he checked in under the pseudonym, like I said, James Willis, but his real name was W.K. Norton. A week later, during his stay there, he took a handful of poisonous capsules in his room, unaliving himself, And as they say, bad luck comes in threes. So in one year, there was two in one year, less than a year after that, after Norton's tragedy, a guest by the name of Benjamin Dolchich um, unalived himself. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you how. And a horrified hotel maid stumbled upon his body soon after. And eerily, Dolchich didn't leave anything behind. There was no note indicating why he took his own life. There was no, nothing leading up to that while he was staying at the hotel to indicate that he was, that's why he was there, you know, to take his own life. It was just him leaving, you know, day-to-day life. He was good. There was no indication of that. Take that as a warning, people. Pay attention to your your funny friends, okay? I'm just saying. Anyway, moving on. Then we oh, had real quick. So 
As you're explaining this, I'm scrolling through pictures of the hotel and looking mm-hmm. through everything. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that from a distance and even from inside, I just get real big backroom vibes from it? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, is it just me? I know there's not the soggy carpet. It's all like par- polished marble and whatnot. But yeah. Like looking at that lobby, that's speaking definitely some that, carpet. Be damned! It still looks like the back rooms. It freaks it's, me speaking out. Speaking of the back rooms, uh, there is a new level that is called <gasps> the um, uh, the Scare Hotel or like the the Fear Hotel or something like that. And Guys, I'm telling you, it's all connected. No, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's it all connected. Looks like the inside of a creepy. Yeah, See? creepy hotel. I need to look it yeah. up. Actually, you're going to hear. You can't convince me this isn't like some weird thing, like back rooms thing. Like, yeah. and then playing the the elevator game on top of that, you're just asking. It's called Terror to be hotel. teleported. Oh my! God. What is it? Terror Hotel. Oh, lovely. And it looks like a really creepy old hotel. Like the flooring of the hotel gives me. It kind of gives me nostalgia of like old ho- of like hotels that me and my family have gone to, like just for like a weekend or something like that. And I'm like, huh, that floor looks familiar. And then you're going through, and it's like very beautiful. It's a luxurious, well designed, <laughs> kind of like the Cecil, detailed, huh. detailed. Yeah. and it's like <laughs> oh, nice. old. There's like old little that place. Little there's space, like beautiful man. wallpaper. There's chandeliers. There's like all this stuff. Oh, and yeah. next thing you know, you're getting killed. <laughs> well see it's funny that you say that it's funny that you say that that it's in the back rooms now it's a part of the levels um it was indeed featured in american horror story Mm -hmm. in the season hotel so with its dark history because look here look here look here as we go deeper into this right we know it's had a I'm going to, I'm explaining it, Robin. I'm getting there. Okay. So in, in 2011, it had a remodel, a rebrand, and it started using the name Stay on Main. And um, that led to it being, uh, people were booking hotel rooms there, not realizing that it was the Cecil Hotel until they got there. Oh. I mean, you want to talk about gaslighting. Okay. Right? False advertising. Jeez. I'm gonna need my refund. I'm gonna need a refund, and I'm gonna need to speak to the manager so I can whoop their tail at the same time. Yeah. I, yeah. Just duct tape holding on the banner that has the new name. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. pay no mind I'm, to the man behind the curtain. No no yeah. So people unwittingly booked themselves a stay inside the famous haunted hotel. They're staying there by accident. And I mean. Spooky. It is yeah. spooky. That's I mean, that's like the ultimate gaslighting. I mean, this look at this place. It's that's great. Like Come stay here. And then you get there you and it's like it's a murder hotel. hotel. Like I'm- <laughs> beautiful hotel. Gotcha. You're in hell. Ah. Jokes on you. So okay, so then it had a brush with history. Okay. In nineteen forty seven, the case of Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia. Okay was publicized in tragedies in Hollywood history. And her body, which was mutilated and mistreated, we're going to put that politely, uh, turned up in a local park. 
And the reason why she is associated with the Cecil Hotel is because 50 years after her death, it was mentioned in a local newspaper that her last sighting was in the Cecil Hotel where she was having a drink, enjoying a cocktail before she disappeared. So, yeah, there's something famous. But it gets worse. Okay? It gets... Excuse it gets me? completely worse. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. Oh, so yeah. now we've got the Black Dahlia, which any true crime person should know who the Black Dahlia is. <clears throat> I mean, for the record, what, <laughs> what year are we in right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, what year is this? 1947. Oh, okay. So we're still over half a century. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. It's in 1947. We're, we haven't even made it to right now yet. To okay? go. We, got a, we got a long ways <laughs> to go. So we're just covering the history now. Okay. So you've got, you've got the Black Dahlia and then you keep, you keep going. Okay. There's another very weird incident that took place in 1934, a 53-year-old Army Medical Corps Sergeant by the name of Louis D. Borden or Louise D. Louis D. Borden, my bad, um, unalived himself, okay, in his hotel room and went on a responsive state when the stiff found his body later. And bizarrely, he left just a two-word note. Bad health. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is where it starts to get real bad. It's almost like the way the victim, and I'm saying victim of this hotel, okay? So, I mean, if you want to correct me, if I'm wrong, because I don't think I am. We'll just say they're they're, all victims of this hotel. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The victims of these hotels, it's almost like the way that um, that they die, whether it be by someone else's hand or their own, starts a a chain reaction of that same thing. You know what I mean? So you go through this, it's like people decided to just flock to this hotel to unalive themselves. And it reached a whole new level in 1937. I'm so sorry, microphone. I don't mean to abuse you. It's like, um, yeah, it's kind of, okay. So I just put this connection together. Okay. So you know how there's that forest in... Is it Japan? Japan. Yeah, Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That same kind of like it's that negative vibe energy that draw draws people there to like unalive themselves. That's um, like the there's like these energy points or focal points where just like sadness and all this like negative hurt. Yeah, this negative yeah. energy is just like it's drawing people there. It's weird. Yeah, it's the opposite Start of the beacon of go- going. No, sir, I don't like it one bit. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It is not good. So, in 1937, and this was March of 1937, a woman named Grace Margot fell from her hotel room window, and on the way down, she became wrapped up in the telephone wire from the neighboring poles. <laughs> Good um, Lord. Yeah. So I'm telling you, it just gets, gr- it just, it, it gets gruesome. It gets worse. But people are just like, there were questions surrounding Miss Margot's, you know, fall because it's still unclear whether she jumped intentionally or whether she fell out the window by accident. Because even the police who investigated it, they couldn't, 
come up with definite There were no signs of like struggle or nope. anything like that? Nothing of that. Even, it was just one minute that she's there, the next minute she's falling, free falling, you know? Even back then, like telephone lines wouldn't be that close to the building. So she'd have to get some distance jumping out. I, like a running if start. It was a jump. You know yeah. what I mean? Or, you know, yank thrown out. Yeah. 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 That's so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's sad. Hmm. It's sad, but it gets worse. <laughs> oh, geez. There's more. Behind door number two. There's that more. That was all door number one. <laughs> that was all door number one, girl. <laughs> Are we on me... like door number 15? <laughs> no. This one is the, they called this, and it's so gruesome, but they called this the era of people falling off the building had begun. Okay. It's just a mouthful. They need a better marketing team. And they named it an era. Falling roof. <laughs> the falling, the falling, falling, falling roof era. <laughs> okay, so you got that right. Well, now, you, poor Miss Margot. Don't know how she ended up out the window. She ended up out the window, and and by no means are we making fun of any of this. We're just, it's a, it's an uncomfortable topic. We're, we're trying to so, <laughs> lighten the mood a little bit. Humor humor is the mood just a little bit. Okay. Putting, you know, it's it's dark humor. For, forgive us for you know indulging ourselves in a little bit of dark humor. Well, there is a, another one. This is less than a year after the Marco tragedy. Another hotel guest met his demise after falling from the window on the hotel's top floor. His name was Roy Thompson, and he had been staying at the hotel for several weeks before the incident. So there was an absolutely, again, absolutely nothing indicating that that's why he was there. Okay? It's so crazy. um, Can you see the pattern? Can you see it? I'm seeing a pattern here. It's neon signs. It's flashing. So it's pretty uh, in your face about it. Yes. Yes, it is. So we've got the era of falling people. That's what I'm going to call it now. And we're moving into more. It's it's more creepy. So the people who worked at the hotel, uh, namely Amy Price, she was the former hotel's manager, uh, once said that there are no fewer then one to three emergency calls to 911 made every single day from the establishment. In total, she estimates that her staff has called the authorities more than a thousand times during her time working there. Jeez. You would Nine think, a you would day? think after like three calls, yeah. that'd be like, oh, maybe we should, I don't now, know, not okay. let people come back in here. So... <sighs> I, I'm wondering what the statistics are for hotels just in general in LA. Like I, I have to believe that that is unfortunately somewhat of a common scenario where Maybe not just the, right. Not the just Cecil the Cecil hotel. hotel, but just in mm-hmm. general, like hotel, larger hotels, like I'm sure they get people who, uh, get in arguments, get in fights, police have to be called, like, all the time. Like, that has to be a common thing, right? I don't think it's three to now, four obviously, times a day. Obviously, you know, not everybody's jumping out of windows out of all these hotels, but, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's 
something more to this that like just makes it darker. Obviously the serial killers and all of that stuff. We haven't even gotten to that part yet. Oh yeah. We haven't even made it there yet. (laughs) No. I mean Sorry. Sorry, that's door number thirty five. Speaking of door number one, can we go back to door number one real quick and go to your can y'all go to the, 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 the the little chat in the Discord and look at the picture of the level. Tell me that's mm-hmm. not oh. what Cecil holds. Tell me, that, that's, yeah, that's that with your eyeballs. That's kind of creepy. Tell me, that's, that's not creepy. Cecil. Tell me. Back See, rooms. Right. Look. Okay. Look. If I were a investigator working for the city of Los Angeles and I am being called to this hotel three or four times a day for years. I would start to think there is something wrong with the hotel itself. You know what I mean? Like this looks absolutely. I mean, uh, it's the hotel, and I know it's in a bad area. I know it's in Skid Row. Okay, I get it. I know it's in a, it's located in a rough part of the neighborhood at the time, but in in the same point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Apparently, it's, in 2014, they made it so that any hotel that has an excessive amount of police calls, an excessive being more than four within a day or so. Has to pay extra. Has to pay a fine. Wow, Jeebus, man. So in the chat, Big said that I know a, of a hotel in Detroit where they literally just have a police car that is parked in the parking lot twenty four seven. Oh, that's a big negative. See, oh, that's a big that negative. seems like a good <laughs> idea for the Cecil to have. You know, that's I feel like the hotel. I feel like the Cecil Hotel should just have their own like designated police force. Just for the hotel. Yeah. But like also, private security or something. Like, My security now hear me out. Right. Hear me out. Wow, that's a wonderful idea that they should have a police force for the hotel. I also feel like this. And when I grab my mic, I'm not grabbing y'all necks, okay? I need the people <laughs> who are at the hotel to hear me. I also feel like I'm just going to hold your neck just a little bit. That if y'all have to have a damn police force, maybe you should close the damn thing. <laughs> Just a hunch. It's really good hunting now. It is closed. <laughs> Destroy it. Get rid of it. Bulldoze okay, I'm gonna it. I'm going to let go of your neck now, okay? All right. <laughs> be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. I mean, y- you would think so. You would think so. But that's not what happens, okay? So although most reports are only aware of roughly 16 sudden passings to have taken place at the Cecil over the years, the actual number might be much, much higher, as there may be many incidences that the public never hears about. So according to the former manager, Amy Price, at least 80 guests have passed away while staying at the hotel just within the time she worked there. Jeez, that, that's let that sink in, right? It is a little much. I'm just saying, this this area, <laughs> this little piece of property here, I, somebody cursed it somewhere. I'm just that's just insane to me. It's insane to me. I know, like people pass away, you know, every day. I know this is like common occurrences. I know that there's hospitals and other places that things like this take place every day. But for a hotel. You know what I'm saying? For a hotel, there are some hotels, some CD hotels or motels, you know, where these 
horrible things happen and it's a one-off. You know what I mean? This is like a centralized location. Like all the evil just decided it's to that, take it's up apartment shop. apartment complex from Ghostbusters. I'm saying. <laughs> it's right there. You know, we heard that Kellick mention serial killers. Okay. Well, you mentioned the Black Dahlia. And yes. so I just... I. I just kind of threw it out there, but you know. Well, you were right because there were serial killers there. And one of them, every, almost everyone knows, because I'm not sure about Dylan over here because he didn't know who the Black Dahlia was. Like he's living under a rock or something. Dylan. Even I know about that don't one and I don't even follow any of well, excuse me. <laughs> I am never going to let you live that down in, ever. In his, in his defense, wasn't it 1947? So mm-hmm. it's been a few years. Okay, so look, Richard Ramirez, he stayed at the hotel during the era in which he committed his most horrific acts. And here's something that's weird. Okay. People knew he was there. Okay. Some people didn't associate him with the serial killer, the Night Stalker. But here's what really flips me out. And this is this is from witnesses, okay? Eyewitnesses who were staying at the hotel while he was staying there too, okay? He would walk the hotel, okay, inside, the hallways, down to the lobby, everything, in nothing but his skivvies, okay? Barefoot, in nothing but his skivvies. That should Just, be a clue right there. Something's right? not quite you, right. You'd think that'd be a clue. Something's a <laughs> But then it gets worse. If this ain't a cl- I mean, he was wearing skivvies that were not his own skivvies, and they were covered in blood. See, okay. Wait, Naked they Man, it's, they were not his own skivvies. There was someone else's skivvies that he was you, wearing that was covered in blood. You, you mean in blood. Me, you mean to tell me, you mean to riddle me this, Batman, okay? Riddle me this. <laughs> you mean to tell me, not only are you wearing someone else's skivvies, Nasty. Yes. You don't know where they. Yes. You don't know what they sat on. Yeah, yeah. But it's covered in blood too. You just like, oh, I'm looking pretty snazzy if I do say so myself. Hmm. That should be a red one flag does. right there. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Nah. That's. I don't yeah. like it. Nope. I nope. mean, I'm sorry if I saw a uh, have a, a naked man wearing someone else's skivvies covered in blood walking up and down the hallway where I was at. One, I'd be packing my bags. Two, I'd be calling the police, going, "Hey." This is weird. This is strange. I need y'all to come up here. Thought that was weird. Not a one. Not one. I mean, they thought it was weird, but they didn't do anything about it. Excuse me. Given given the clientele, though, think about it. Given the clientele, the reputation. I mean, is the eighties normal? Is that a a normal thing in the eighties to be wearing? As a child of the eighties, people were weird. That's what I'm saying. Negative. That was not something that we did. No, it was not was something saying, that was socially was acceptable. Uh, it was not socially acceptable to be walking around in skivvies covered in blood. Okay, it's just not. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't so a thing. It was, it was just a Ramirez thing. California. It's California. <laughs> it was just a. It was just a Ramirez thing. But here it gets worse. Hold on, it gets worse. Okay. Oh. Of course it does. It it does. It does. So it's <laughs> it's it's nobody batted an eye. 
Nobody became suspicious, even when the underwear that he was prancing around in was drenched in bloodstains. Okay, nobody, nobody cared. Nobody cared. But because people knew that he was there and it spread, okay, he wasn't the only one that was there. A uh, serial killer from Austria who was a fan of the Night Stalker. Decided that he oh, was going to go. I'm to a the... big fan. I'm, I'm so happy I'm here. Fan. Okay. I'm a big <laughs> fan. So he decides, in honor of the Night Stalker, he's going to go to the Cecil Hotel himself. His name was Jack Unterwedger. Okay. Unterwear, Unterwedger. That is a weird name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Ripper. I mean, you know, uh, whatever you And it was in the 1990s, <laughs> and he stayed in the hotel for a while. He moved into the hotel. So he wasn't just staying. He was living, living there. Okay. Low monthly rates. Right. <laughs> and he said that he, it, he was there just until Los Angeles. He told everybody, I'm just here to write a report on the city's red light district. That's all. Mm-hmm. When really he was going on a violent rampage against the same people that he was there to write about and took several of their lives in the process. So that's yet another serial killer. Right. And the thing about that is, is he had two life sentences. This is the crazy thing. Even though it was a life sentence here in the U.S. that he that he got. OK. As his punishment, he was released. See, he was released. He didn't have to serve his full life sentence here in the United States. But here, what here's where he messed up. He went back to Austria, where he ended up having a life sentence there. Two life sentences this man had in two separate countries. See, I feel like America dropped the ball on that one. Like, <laughs> keep him in Just jail. Keep him locked up. Like, don't let serial killers go, please. It's just, just a little yeah. bit. Oh, see, okay. In the comments, Big said Poltergeist vibes, and and I agree with agree with Big. And they also said ancient Indian burial grounds. There were no burial grounds in the research of the property of the Cecil Hotel. Okay, you would think it'd be weird, like it was it was either burial grounds or maybe a cemetery where they just moved the headstones and not the bodies. You know, like. In the poltergeist. But no, none of that. It was just a regular old thing. And some investors were just like, hey, I'm going to build a hotel here. Cool. And they all just pulled their money together and bam, Cecil Hotel was born. That was it. That's all. (laughs) Nothing else. That's it. That's crazy. So it it is crazy. It is crazy. So you got the two serial killers. It's got to be a ley line thing. I'm thinking it is. It's got to be. Got to be. I know. And it's just a bad one. Just a bad ley line. Bad ley line. Just a real, real bad one. It's carrying all the negativity with it. Just passing it around the world. Just like throwing candy out of a pot. Here. Woo. Confetti. Negative energy. Yay. <laughs> just just but, as an aside, if you've never seen a picture of uh, Richard Ramirez, that jawline you can cut glass with. Mm-mm. Just saying. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. We don't do that here. We don't do that. This, <laughs> this has this hotel has far too much dark history to still be standing today. It really does. It's affordable housing like now. In, it's no longer a hotel. 
Well, would you want to live there? Low income That housing. doesn't actually make it better. <laughs> that doesn't make it better. Are you sure, I'm Dylan? Because it surely sounds like you want to live there. Do you hey, you know they got low monthly rates. In California, rates. the prices are going to be way too high. I would rather live in a, <laughs> under a cardboard box and say that it's my own limo before I go live there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't the know if there's prices, any. I'm not going there. It's, California's too expensive. I'm going to make a reference. And if nobody knows this SpongeBob reference, I'm going to be very judge, judgy, very judgy. I'm going to be like Squidward. And just be like, spare change, spare change, ma'am. Spare change, ma'am. I swear I am. I swear on everything, I'd rather do that. Nope. Well, wait, it gets sadder. Okay. Please. Come on. This is a downward spiral. Half an hour over already, dang. And we're in this downward spiral together. Y'all are coming with me, all right? And it gets sadder, okay? So, I mean, it's not like it isn't already sad with the era of falling people. And then we've got the serial killers there. It gets worse. Unfortunately, they have a youngest victim. Oh, jeez. Yeah. If you don't want to hear this part, skedaddle. Give me about five seconds. The youngest victim was less than a day old. And it's one of the weirdest cases to emerge from the Cecil. A woman who did not know that she was pregnant gave birth in her hotel bathroom and unalived the infant in the way of the era of falling people. Okay. Yeah. Super sad. But here's where you can get angry. Okay. This is where I get angry. Nobody else has to go. It's just my opinion. It's just my own feelings on this. But the court ruled that she was to face no punishment for what she did and claimed that she was insane and therefore not morally responsible for her own actions. And when asked why she did it, she claimed she thought the baby had already passed. Okay. Riddle me this, Batman! (laughs) Okay, hold up. Hold up. The silence for the criminally insane exists. Okay. Mm. So, first of all, I can't imagine anyone getting pregnant, carrying to term, and not knowing. Okay, I call BS. I don't buy it. There are Second some of all, cases where like they don't gain weight, or they get that's insane. It's still okay. getting bigger. You're growing but a then, inside you. <laughs> but then, in addition to that, okay. First of all, what year was this? Um, let me see. Let me see what the, what year it was. Because um, depending on what year it was. Going into a place for the criminally insane might be worse than prison, just depending on what year it was. That's true. Um, It does not say the year the incident took place. So, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm assuming it was in the 60s because that's where it picks up on the next incident. Late 50s, so early 60s. That's what I'm... Hmm. Um, assuming i'm not saying it's true but it's what i'm assuming there's it's there's more 
Um, you can't even walk on the streets outside of the Cecil Hotel. There was an unfortunate and creepy and horrifying incident with a woman named Pauline Otten. Okay. Um, she jumped to her demise from the window of her room after a fight with her husband in 1962, but she landed on another person. That's horrible. Yeah. She, she literally landed on another person. So you're, you're not only trying, like, you're not only in your own life, but you take somebody else with you? That's not cool. Yeah. I mean, none of it's cool, but. No, that's, come that's on. really unfortunate. Really, really Just leave me out of it. I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you guys, by this time, this part in the podcast, have realized that this hotel is not only just bad juju, but there are a lot of deaths. Most of them that are acknowledged are at their own hands. Um, and some of them were murders. Okay. So we got, we got the murders can, going on. Can y'all hear me? Oh yeah. yeah. We're good. Yeah. And this is the second time while we're talking about this. We have had, we've been experiencing technically. Yeah. We've been ha- experiencing weird technical heard. issues <laughs> since like we started computer, talking about this. Just now my computer went black again. But instead of me having to like restart it, no, this is a brand new computer. This has never happened before. Instead of me having to restart it again, it just popped back up, and I, I, I had to re enter. Like I, huh? That's what happened <laughs> in Discord earlier for me. It's just like a black screen in the Discord. Yeah. Like, like what the heck? There's cool. some weird stuff that's popping. I just want to play the... Sims, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird stuff happening when we talk about this hotel. Bad juju. Yeah. yeah. You two are not experiencing stuff. I don't want to experience anything at all, okay? I don't want to experience Calling it out. Thing. Bad juju. All I want to experience is what a was good Crunchwrap Supreme in my belly. Ooh, Crunchwrap Maybe some supreme. ice cream and the Sims on my computer, okay? That's mm. it. Oh, right? my goodness. So my brother thing. brought up a Crunchwrap Supreme, and ever since then, I've been like, ooh, that sounds good. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> It does Taco actually Bell, can you sound sponsor us, please. Taco Bell, please? <laughs> Ooh, yum! That'd be great. Sponsored I by Taco, Taco Bell, Bell earlier. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, listen to us on your awesome. You can listen the to us on conspiracy. your mobile app while you're in the bathroom. Just just because. When I'm doing the editing, I'm totally like hashtagging Taco Bell on this. Yeah, just so that they could be like, what? While you're listening to the creepy horror about the Cecil Hotel, where it inspired an entire American horror story season, (laughs) you can listen to us while enjoying the country. The Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. We also air on mobile devices. <laughs> oh my god, you can take us to the what bathroom with Taco you. Bell dog. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. Sorry, I couldn't resist. That's hilarious. Okay, but it's true, okay? The Cecil Hotel did inspire 
uh, the season hotel of American Horror Story. That's the fifth season. Um, and they based it loosely on the hotel and uh, they kind of filmed in certain places of said hotel. So that's a thing that was there. Yeah. It's also I considered wonder, an important place too by Los Angeles. Los Angeles, are you okay? Right? Are you all right? <laughs> they they can they can go join Pennsylvania. I'm telling the, you, uh, hard pass. Yeah, California and Pennsylvania are not okay. You guys are not all right. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't they, I don't know how y'all became around. like. They need help. I'm saying. I'm just trying to enjoy okay. my pickle here, and it's just not working. Look. <laughs> so pickles? I want pickles now. God. So about this hotel, right? Now, I'm I'm going to kind of veer off course here for just a second, because I'm wondering. All right. So there is a conspiracy theory that underneath L.A. are a bunch of lava tubes old like abandoned lava tubes and stuff that actually lead out to the ocean right and supposedly the ocean tides coming in and going out like fill those lava tubes and create these like energy vortices so i'm wondering if maybe a lava tube or some kind of underground tunnel maybe causing some kind of energy vortex something like there may not be like a burial ground or something like that but maybe it has to do with like the flow of water underneath and you know because we do know that water can generate electricity so be something similar to like an emf when you get too high of an emf in your electrical stuff that's what it causes like hallucinations a little bit right so it could I, it's just a theory, just just thinking outside the box here, trying to think of some way to, yeah. I so, mean, I don't know. Look, all I know is I ain't got Far-fetched, no rational. I, I ain't got no rational explanation for anything that's taking place over there. So I'm just gonna put big bold letters: paranormal, <laughs> unexplained. Paranormal oh. hotel. That's what they need to change. It right. To. That's exactly what they need to change it to. And you want to know something else? Here's what's that? Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you know the 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 band U two. Uh huh. Okay, way back in 1987, the group performed an entire live concert from the roof of the building next door to the Cecil Hotel. Oh my god! And gosh. a crew filmed the whole thing for a promotional video, and as a result, the spooky hotel is now unwittingly seen in the background of the video for the song. Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Where the streets have no name. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, is that? Oh my gosh! It's like it just sneaks up on you. We're having a good time. This is a great song. Oh my god! It's the Death Hotel. <laughs> oh my god! Hotel California. <laughs> right? Oh, oh wait. no! That like just clicked in my head just there. <gasps> Dylan. That okay. Oh, we, hold on. Now I there. got a look. We'll, now I, we'll have to research this because that on. just kind of blew my mind. Hold that on. Five head energy. Please hold. 
Please hold while I look this up. I'm going to mute myself so you don't hear me like sloppily <laughs> tapping on my keyboard. Intermission. That That is crazy. Okay, if that's true, uh, oh man. Hotel California is based on hell, apparently. So if... Pardon? Right. So... I went to get water. What did I come back to? (laughs) Hotel California. Oh, you you missed it. (laughs) We're we're tying Hotel California to the Cecil Hotel. Oh, you lying? (gasps) Oh, man. Oh, if this turns out, like, that's just going to add another level to this dark hotel. Like they I check I can't in, but they even... don't check out, and all the people that are dying, right? It it clicked. I don't think I'm going into any more t- hotels. Uh, you know, you know what? Camping is here. good. I like camping. I don't no, need a hotel. I I'm good in the woods. Give me a tent. Give me the back of the truck. I'm good. Like I don't need a hotel, Help especially madam. not the madam. Cecil Hotel. Help, madam. How many cryptids have y'all have we done? Help. Doesn't matter. I'd rather face no. all those cryptids than huh? stay at that hotel. Oh, you know what's better? Home, the house. <laughs> well, the house. yes. <laughs> all right, y'all. Look, okay. True. So I was I was looking at the meaning of the song "Hotel California." Like I said, I was gonna do right. So <clears throat> big is right in in the. It's about hell in the right? comments. It's a uh, commentary on the hedonism. Um, self-destruction and excess of America, especially California in the 1970s. It also reflects the uneasy balance between art and commerce and the journey of life from innocence to experience. Now, there is a whole nother thing. Hotel California, Cecil Hotel. Changed my mind. Right? (laughs) Hold on now. Hold on. While I was looking at it, there there was a question um, that has been asked a lot, apparently. Is Hotel California a demonic song? And the little expert for it is the title, Hotel California, is a song about a hotel on California Street or in California. In the latter, it is supposed that this song title is about a former Christian church abandoned in 1969 and was taken over by a group of Satanists, starting a... (laughs) Satan's church. Jeez. Why? That is Pardon a me? dark song. Right? I love Hotel Speak- California from the Eagles. It's a great song. Speaking speaking of dark uh, uh, things, um, Squishy just said in the comment whose baby was crying. Um, does anybody what? have a baby in the background? What? No. Not to my knowledge. Hold, hold no. On, let me go through. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on, Kellick. Do you have a child in the background? There is not a child in this house at the moment. Dylan, do you have a baby? If there was a child in this room, I would know about it. Sooth? That's kind of creeping me out because I'm sitting in my room. Well, all these things in my room. <laughs> Hold the on. only things that I have in my room are Snorlaxes, and these mother effers don't speak. What baby did you <laughs> hear a squishy? Hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. I'm sitting in my dark room here. I I'm literally turn have the lights, lights off. <laughs> I have the lights off. The only, <laughs> the only thing that is alive in this room, aside from me, is my dog, y'all. There ain't no children in this room. <laughs> Maybe a goat noise. That's <laughs> not any better. That's not even better. <laughs> that is not better. Okay. All right. I'm just gonna say this right now. So, if you're, if it, whatever's in my room, 
if you ain't supposed to be in this room, you got five seconds to leave up out of this room because I swear, I don't know how, I don't know Jinjutsu. <laughs> nah, Squishy. nah, we're not gonna laugh. I don't know. Squishy, you broke it. You broke it. Kelly, I'm sorry for when you have to edit this. I'm sorry for this. Okay, but hear me out. I don't know ninjutsu. I don't know karate. I don't know any of the other ones, but I know how to whip ass. It's okay, Gina. It's okay. You don't need. You don't need an I'm a kick in the damn uvula. <laughs> Oh, Tina, it's okay. It's okay. I'm Take it from you. <laughs> and on that note, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there is more, though. Okay, so the actual hotel that Hotel California is based off of is the Beverly Hills Hotel. See, so it's kind of not the seasonal. Okay. Missed opportunity. It is missed opportunity. Wow. Why am I checking every part of my room? That's hey, weird. Hey, demons, it's me, your boy. Yes. <laughs> I'm dancing on your bridge, goat man. I'm dancing on your bridge. I don't want to hear no I'm sorry but from you, Squishy. I don't want to hear it. Okay, okay, look. So we're going to go. at the bear. Poke I'm poking it, poke it, poke it, poke it, touch the butt. <laughs> I'm touching the butt. Okay, look. So we're gonna end this off how how we began with Miss Lamb. Okay, um, I'm not gonna go into too much gruesome detail here because I don't I don't want to. Everybody, if you don't know what it is, look it up. Okay, but there is a part, there is a video that is uh, publicly available that you can watch, and this is where all of the conspiracies kind of stem from is this one video of this unfortunate young lady um the way that she is acting in the video the way that this person is acting in the video um sparked a lot of debate on the internet not only about the elevator game but about i'm going to say uh Maybe possession, uh, haunting, um, even demonic uh, presence um, that maybe she was influenced by it. If you watch the video, it does look like she is running from something. Um, it, it looks very off. It does. I'm posting sure. a video link on YouTube to the spooky video channels in the Discord. So if you're, if you're in the Discord, yes. you can see it. Um, it's extremely creepy. It's very creepy. Oh. Uh, Warning, watch at your own risk. Okay. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I want to lay, let her lay in rest. Um, and I am sorry for her family and everything that they have gone through since this yeah. incident and this ordeal happened um, that sparked all of this, you know, and made it mainstream media. I mean, even I think it was Rolling Stone that did an article about it, CNN. Um, there's a docu-series about it on um, Netflix. Yeah. So it's it's a lot. And does it go out in left field? It absolutely does. Does it come back to right field? Not so much. Um, <laughs> watch it and uh, form your own opinions. Um, or don't watch it. It's it's cool, how, whatever you choose to do. Um, but 
I think that we have come to the conclusion that the Cecil Hotel is is bad juju. <laughs> it, it has a lot of bad, bad juju in it. Juju. And, Very much bad juju. Dark yeah, energy and, there. Yeah, and I'm I'm not trying to say that so that they end up losing business or anything. Like I said, they're closed to the public now. Um, you know, so it's a private entity at this point, um, with good reason. By I the say way, with good reason. Uh, just so that you're aware, there is apparently a subreddit Cecil Hotel. Oh, nice. So it has its own subreddit. See, so now I'm going to have to go to the subreddit and look that up. Creepy stuff, man. This there's even more scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, the what it's the creepy. heck is going on with that land, that property, like all around it? Like, uh, it's off. It's there are so many locations around the world that is just off. Okay, there is. It's just For off. Sure. This is just one of many. But I just thought it was so interesting that it, it's. It's got a lot of conspiracy it's around it. It's a web. It's a spider's web. And we're a, following the web. <laughs> a dark web. You're right. If you catch don't, go the, don't go don't, to the dark web. Don't go to the dark Please web. Tell me. I don't do it. Stay off the dark web. Stay off the dark web. We're never going to do one on the dark web. Please promise no, me. We're no, no, absolutely no. not. No, no, that's a hard path. Oh, thank God. No Stay dark web dark threats. Web, that's a threat. It is a threat. Stay off of it. I will come yes. to you and I will smack you in the face with a dead fish. <laughs> Stay, <laughs> stay off. Can you go after Squishy. Can you go after Squishy too? Because they scared all the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, I am actually going to totally go back. Like when I listen to this for editing, I'm listening out for the baby cry. I'm doing it, girl. If you find it, you better yeah, let me know. Yeah, like, if I you will. find it, please. I will. I'm, I will let all oh. of you know. Give I'm, us the soundbite. Oh. Because because okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little tidbit for I, you, you know about what? this. Wait, 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 I can even take it a step further, and I will be able to tell which one of us. It That's came exactly from. what I was about to say. In the editing process, oh each <laughs> one of us are saved as a, our oh own God. individual sound before we're all meshed together and layering. So she will be able to see which. I from will. where it came from, from who? From who So you mean to tell me came. Squishy just said, uh, Tina, you're actually going to hate me, but I have to, guys, I have to go. I have to go to sleep. So you're going to scare me half to death. <laughs> she has okay, to bye. Work like Make my heart go down to my pinky toe and do a twerk. And then be like, well, I'm going to bed. I did my job. She has to work at like four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kellick, uh Big mentioned in the comments uh, that one hour and 33 minute mark. So that's oh. where you need to look. So All right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So that's where you need to look. So anyways, on that note, thank you for joining us for this unusually long podcast <laughs> and for this unusual topic for PCPS. I uh, appreciate you all being here. And don't forget that you can look us up literally everywhere. We're in you, all the places. You cannot escape us. And we also have a Discord through our solo link that is posted with each and every one of our podcasts on where you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, wherever you listen to us, you can find the solo link and it will take you to all of our social medias, including our Discord. And speaking of Discord, we are going to have a special event on April 19th. Instead of mm -hmm. having our normal podcast, we're going to be doing a Cuss and Discuss roundtable in a VC channel on our Discord where we can all discuss discuss conspiracy theories, exorcisms, demons, ghosties, and more. So if you want to get on on that, 
hit that Discord link, become a part of the chat. Yes. Um, we will also be here you Friday no night. Excuse. Yeah, yes. you have no excuse. We will be here <laughs> Friday night. Uh, uh, myself and Tina are going to be discussing in Paranormal Umbrella exorcisms mm -hmm. and the effect they have on mainstream media. So join us for that one. It's going to be fun. And I promise we won't go two hours into it. <laughs> usually, usually. I I'm sure they're not complaining. <laughs> usually I have a joke for y'all but uh, after the event that Squishy gave me if you hear a baby in your house knowing damn well you did not push nor make a baby <laughs> time to go leave if the baby did not come through your house if you are not babysitting if you are not conceiving nor having a baby leave <laughs> don't say nothing oh I need to get locked the burn it down chair. leave it just burn it down and leave burn it down and leave just start all over again and on that note, don't forget the salt. Check under your bed because you don't want those woolly burgers to get you. Put on your exactly. nightlight and grab your favorite woolly. And we will see you Friday night, guys. Have a great, great rest of your week. Cute Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. dancing your life.